Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Welcome back, everybody. It is showtime. If you are still here, that means you are alive and well in the fantasy playoffs. And if you are here listening for next year, good shit. You, you, are, already, you are already at an advantage. Um, I'm here, as always, with my brothers, Michael and Jason. What up, boys? What up, team? What's up, partner? So, after one of the craziest after one of the craziest weeks in the history of fantasy, like crazy to the point of like, we how long have we been doing this, guys? A few years. Few years. We've been four years. (laughs) We've been doing this a long time now. This is our sixth year with a podcast, right? Fifth year fifth, of the podcast, fifth or fourth, at least, and we be, and we were like diehards before then. So we've been doing this. For, never has there been a first week of the playoffs where more like impact players either missed because of COVID, or you didn't know what was going on with them, or they just flat out sucked. And a lot of good teams are not in it anymore. But what that means is that if you are in it and you di- didn't necessarily have the best team in the matchup then you you have a chance to build your way into a little champion if you do things correctly and hopefully we help you and guide you do those things to do those things correctly here one of the ways that you can make sure you are doing these things correctly is by downloading the fantasy football by Broto app on the app it is it is the tool that every single person needs to dominate Fantasy on this app, you have fantasy player cards, usage charts, start sit tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every single stat you need, excluding, including not excluding, including exclusive stats, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, defensive points over average, and more. And the reason why you can download this for free right now is because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. If you want to join the show and you want to hop on the train and help us deliver this to you in an even better capacity next year, we just we just put out a new build of the app the, today, literally today. It runs smoother. It runs cleaner. It runs faster. And we want to continue to do this. And the way that you could help us do that is by supporting us over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. The app is only free for a limited time. This is not going to be free forever. So get on board. Be one of the patrons who are going to get it free forever if you're a patron. So uh, with that being said, um, always you get tons tons of extra episodes and uh, you play in leagues with us and you get the DFS optimizer and you get the, the betting optimizer and just so many things that you can get uh, if you're a patron, including the best patrons in the world. And the community there. That's really it. That's my spiel. You guys, you guys want to just like jump right in? Spiels for spiels. That's yeah, the semifinals, spiel. brother. Yeah, man. Like you notice, the banter has been a little like, like we we're not having as just like laughing at each other for this and that. Like it's serious time. We want to talk some fantasy. So let's get right into it because one of the biggest questions of the week leads us off right away in our first game. And guys, the first. Tim, I don't want to oh cut my you off. God. I know, bro, I know. You don't want to cut me off, bro. That was I was. You realize such a good zone right now. But we're kicking off the week with a nice jazz musician 
Packers Brown. Oh, it's Packers Brown. Packers Brown starting off the week. Why I can't believe you cut me off to tell you that. Because this is one of the best weeks of the season when we have a, a Packers Brown sighting. What if we just create the Brutal Fantasy Scat Cast and it's a podcast of us scatting? I have nothing to say about this. This is uh, one of the worst moments of my life. You're just not a scatter, I guess. And that's that's just you're exaggerating. It's unfortunate. Scatting is the way of the future. Yes. Yes. Let's skibbity bebop over to the 49ers at the Titans. No, and that's the, the Thursday game. That's patron. You're right. Only. That is the Thursday game. Oh, that's why you're saying Packers Browns. Yeah, Packers Browns. Ah, I get oh, it. Oh, not Packers Browns. Packers Brown. Packers Brown. Excuse me. All right. So let's get into the Packers and Browns. You're right. That is a Thursday game. We're not wa- currently watching the Thursday game. Because it's it's early on Thursday. We're doing this at 136. I had a half day at work today. So um, that was nice. So we're getting this done earlier, which is good because you can get all the information earlier, but also bad because there's going to be some breaking news that we miss just because that's how the cookie crumbles. So follow us over at Broto Fantasy, Broto FF Mike, Broto FF Jason. Broto FF Casanova and Broto FF Tim to get some updates or ask us questions. Or if you're a patron, hit us up in Discord. So let's go to the first game. Packers Brown, the skiddy that. Um, Nick Chubb skiddily dadded his way into the end zone last week, but also, but it wasn't like a you know a Nick Chubb game. You're used to Nick Chubb having highly efficient uh, runs on fewer carries, but you know with Kareem Hunt out, he was able to capitalize. How much do you trust Kareem Hunt going into this game as your RB1 or 2? You met Nick Chubb, but you look, at the end of the day, Nick Chubb put up 90 yards and a touchdown. Pretty pretty Nick Chubby of him, although it wasn't super efficient. He did have a second touchdown called back on a holding call. Yep, mm. that, I uh, I lost a fantasy matchup because of that. Yeah, so you, you do want to note that, and then it would have looked a little bit more Nick Chubby, but at the end oh, of the yeah. day, he was still the RB7 and half PPR. And would have had it full, full Chubb. Yeah, and a matchup against the Packers is not something that you are fading away from him. It's been a tip type of erratic season for Nick Chubb, but at the end of the day, he's healthy. He's getting at least 20 rushes in this offense, and you're firing him up. You're just happy that he's healthy in time for the playoffs. Uh, yeah, Jason, you said the Packers aren't a matchup to stay away from, but... Our exclusive stat over at BrotoFantasy.com says uh, points over average says that they are. They're the 23rd hardest matchup. I mean, I'm sorry, the 23rd well, I think Jason best is just matchup. generally saying if you have Nick Chubb, you're not going to sit him because no. he's playing against Green. I mean, you're not sitting him. Anyway. We've note, talked about Nick Chubb too much already, to be honest. But I will note that his um his matchup looks better on Yahoo, Fantasy Pros, whoever else measures matchups. So shout out our app. Bang, bang, boogie to beat. Yeah. As of three hours ago... Um, the last report, the, the, the last current report says Baker Mayfield will probably still not play. Um, I don't know what the status of Case Keenum is. I haven't heard anything. Um, I'm, I'm checking that right now as, as we speak, to be honest, because this is the type of stuff that would be in the news already at this time. Uh, had we been recording this a little later, but if it was <laughs> this quarterback situation, like Nick Mullins, he, I guess he played decent for a third for a third string stringer so i mean how do you how do you play any options in this game outside of nick chubb for the for the browns 
Yeah, I don't think you do. Um, at this point, it's tough because the uh, the Green Bay Packers defense has also been very good against the the pass, even without Jair Alexander for a lot of the season, which is pretty shocking. But that's just how it's been going. Um, Jarvis Landry may return from the COVID list. Maybe not. I think he's still on the COVID list as we speak. Yeah, um, he was moved to the COVID list last week, so that's why I'm saying he might be able to return in time for this week's game. But Donovan Peoples-Jones, he was the number one last year, uh, excuse me, last week in lieu of Jarvis Landry, went four for eight for 48 yards. And I mean, you can't really expect more out of this Cleveland Browns offense right now because of the way they 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 operated even with Baker Mayfield. And now with like Nick Mullins, it was even more of just a short passing game handed off to Nick Chubb type of offense. So especially in the semifinals, we're talking about one of the lowest ceiling offenses. So yeah, I'm with you, Tim. I, I'm not just, I'm not trusting any of them. So here's the the flip side of that. Because usually you're saying, okay, you got the Packers and you have a a, a Browns defense who's been good. Don't get me wrong. The Browns defense has been good. Corner points over average. They're not a great matchup, but not a matchup you're necessarily fading if you're playing a Green Bay Packer, uh, unless it's like a, an ancillary receiving piece like, you know, Alan Lazard or ancillary MBS. ancillary. You just Anc- said. Yeah. Ancillary. Yes. Ancillary. Yeah. I mean, I'm I still said firing it, right? up. MV. No, you said ancillary. <laughs> I did. Yeah. You added in a nice extra. I added in a little like extra. Skitty scat scat. What you're uh, still you're still working with MVS over there, huh, Jay? Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. Aaron Rodgers is second in true throw value at the moment, and Marquez Valdez Scantling sees some of those very important targets, typically the long ball, and that's why he's a little bit more boom bust than you'd like. But he just continues to have good games. Like you just have to take the boom with the bust. Two out of the last four weeks, he's been top eight in PPR scoring. In the other games, he's been wide receiver forty three or worse. So, that scares me in the playoffs. I guess it's the type of it's the type of team you have. If you have a team that's like suit, like maybe you traded depth for a superstar and it has worked out for you, but you gotta rotate your wide receiver three. You gotta rotate your your flex. I would say, yeah, if you, if that's the case, you should start MVS. But if you're a team that's that's kind of like an underdog, it might it might kill you if you start MVS this week. I don't know. I'm looking for upside, man. Fuck. Fuck hypothetical upside with other players. Like, if I'm deciding between MVS or Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, Chase Claypool, Devontae Smith, give me MVS. All those hmm. guys have been just as bad as MVS on his bad days without the upside. We have had a lot of um, people just sticking with rankings despite large sample sizes at this point in the season. Like, the fact that CeeDee Lamb still gets ranked as a top 10 receiver is just blasphemous. Like, look at CeeDee Lamb's game log. I love the guy. I think he's going to be a perennial wide receiver one in the future. But to rank him as a wide receiver one at this moment with everything that's been going on this season and Dak playing worse and three straight games under, like, 12 fantasy points, it's just it's just kind of mind-boggling to me. Ooh, shots fired by Mr. Mike. Um but so the reason why I was saying that with MVS, because the reason I'm worried about him is because I think this has the ability to be a slow game, right? The Packers obviously are led by Aaron Rodgers, but they love running the ball. Uh, that's kind of the LaFleur system that that is, is run, which it's kind of run centric, not run first, but definitely run centric. This is going to be a slower game because the Packers have a good defense. The Browns are with their third string quarterback. I mean, yeah, and they're going to and they're going to struggle moving the ball. 
So is could this be a slower game where, you know, it's A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones getting the fantasy points rather than the outside receivers? You know Adams is going to eat. So, like, it, it, it worries me if I'm playing. Even Adams, I'm worried about his ceiling. I'm worried about Aaron Rodgers' ceiling. I'm, never I'm worried, worried about, about Devontae Adams' ceiling. I am because look in the sense of like he's not gonna he might not put up twenty five if they only pass the ball, you know, twenty twenty four times in the game. Like th- that's something that could happen. That's the only thing that that scares me about this team. I'll Other than one, that, though. yeah, I think Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay listened to my tweet. I think someone in the uh, the office there likes Proto. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic, but um, Aaron Jones played sixty three percent of snaps last week to AJ Dillon's thirty seven percent. Almost doubled him in carries, thirteen to seven, two Ew. targets to one. So it did become the Aaron Jones backfield again last week. It's going to be interesting to see if that's something that uh continues into this week because at this point the Packers are playing for that first round bye. Like that's what they're chasing. Only one team gets it this year, and uh, Aaron Jones was the main guy again in Week 15 after a couple weeks of basically playing behind AJ Dillon. And as I said, have as I've said for years, Aaron Jones is just continues to be one of the best receiving backs in the game and gets no love for it. And even if you look at what he did last week, wait two for catches it, for, for 12 it. yards, but he got his touchdown on a reception. What did he do the week before that? Three receptions to 30 yards, and he found the end zone twice. This is a guy who in any type of scoring, he's been a top 12 back two weeks in a row. And per usual, he's just getting disrespect and not being treated as such. So start Aaron Jones. Happily, don't start AJ Dillon over him. Don't start Jeff Wilson over him. Start Aaron Jones and be happy about it. Cause I'm happy. I mean that 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 would make anyone sing if they had Aaron Jones to start in the playoffs. That's all I gotta say about that. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? I think we're ready to move on from Smooth Jazz Packers Brown, the one and only. Michael, uh, sometimes sometimes you make me want to uh, pull my eyes out. All right, let's go over to the Colts at the Cardinals. James Conner, he's dealing with heel issues. This guy has been a, a godsend. Shout out to Cass, who he was his number one sleeper this year, James Conner, for the exact reasons why James Conner is bringing everyone championships. Like, do you know what's funny? James, James Conner and Joe Mixon are about the same age. They scored about the same touchdowns. They have about the same fantasy points. But next year, people are going to be drafting Joe Mixon in the first round. They're going to be drafting James Conner in, in wherever wherever round, wherever he ends up. Nah, Joe Mixon's not going to be a first-round there if he sucks it up the rest I of the way. I promise you that Joe Mixon's going to be a first-round the next year. He has way too many adoptive fathers out there who just want who just can't the wait to get dash, baby. Um, um, what's Jay, so Tim? Um, only, 45, only 44% of the snaps. How are you looking at this backfield play out against the Colts? Uh, team who's been susceptible. About 20 minutes ago, um, Cliff Kingsbury said James Conner will be a game-time decision. Mm. Not ideal. Aye, aye, aye. What is ideal for fantasy managers, they play Saturday. Second game of the uh, of the slate after Packers-Brown. So that's great. You hate when things like this go into Monday night or something. You don't know what to do. You'll know early. Um, but no matter what, this is a tough loss for Arizona if they have to sit um, I mean, not for Arizona, for fantasy players and Arizona, if they have to sit James Conner, because like you said, Tim, he has just been marvelous. It's a decent matchup against Indianapolis Colts. They're about middle of the pack in points over average. But Conner has been one of the best fantasy picks the entire season. 
Um, last week he had a down game with Chase Edmonds returning, but I don't even really think that was much about Chase Edmonds returning, more so than just the entire offense putting up 12 points against Detroit and scoring one yeah. total touchdown. And being down for the majority of the game. Yeah, so, look, it's, like, again, like Jason pointed out with um, one of the defensive rankings last time, Indy is 29th in points allowed to opposing running backs, which seems like a atrocious matchup, but then they're 20th in points over average, which is more middle of the pack, and uh, 12th in receiving to opposing running backs. So that could be very nice for Chase Edmonds if James Conner can't go. Chase Edmonds may end up being a nice little RB2 um, that you could take advantage of in the semis. That would be that would be really nice if you could do that. Jason, the the wide receiver battle shook out to be Christian Kirk in the last game, but a lot of Christian Kirk's stats came in kind of garbage time and on one real big catch. So do you still play do you play Kirk with some confidence? Can you play AJ Green in a deeper matchup? How are you feeling about these receiving options? Also, gotta mention Zach Ertz against the number one matchup for tight ends. According to points over average, I'm firing up Zach Ertz. Number two match hard this now. week. Seattle hopped over oh. Indy, actually. Number two, number two. Okay, so I find number two now. So I mean, a great matchup. Yeah, I concur that you're starting all three. Um, wow, we're not the biggest hey. fans of Kirk here or AJ Green or even Zach Ertz possibly because he just catches the ball and falls. Zach but, Ertz, my tight end five right now. Yeah, but look, the thing is. We're at week 16, and Kyler Murray is seventh in true throw value. So he has a seventh most viable throw at the moment. Even coming back from injury, and even he, if he uses his legs and such, like his throws are valuable. And even in a super down week last week, Christian Kirk was a good play. A.J. Green gave you wide receiver three value. Now, he wasn't useless. He put up four and 64. And then... Zach Ertz continues to just be a tight end one option ever since he went to Arizona. So with no DeAndre Hopkins around, and I don't think Chase Edmonds does much um, in the passing game for this team, I think it's hard to fade either of those guys. I think they're all decent plays this week. Bold. Bold. I'll be playing A.J. Brown, AJ Green in the 16-man dynasty uh, in the semifinals, so I'm... I'm I'm hoping that the true throw value, number seven in true throw value pays off and gets some of those valuable throws over to A.J. Green, that's for sure. Uh, by the uh, way, anyone, real quick, um, yeah. A.J. Brown officially activated and will be playing tonight. Yes. I, I haven't listened to the, the extra episodes yet. My bad, guys. Um, are you guys on the play A.J. Brown train? Yes. Yeah. 100%. I have a question for you. I have a question for you about A.J. Brown. I know it's a little bit of a – it's a little bit of a – off topic, but I'm doing it anyway. Right now, I have a situation. AJ Brown, or do I put David Monk? I mean, do I play DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Rashad Penny, together, Ronald Jones? I need two out of four of those guys. I'm Ronald Jones, AJ Brown, Rashad Penny, AJ Brown, and DK Metcalf. I'm playing AJ Brown easily over DK Metcalf. I don't care what anyone really? says. Yeah, easily. And then I'd play Rojo over Metcalf as well. Easily. Hmm. Michael, you've been really on, so your confidence both worries me and excites me. Easily. DK like Metcalf Ron has Weasley. not scored double digits since week nine, Tim. And he just played since week eight, and he just played without Tyler Lockett and still didn't do shit. Hard pass. Even on 12 targets. Even on 12 targets. Give me a good round. Right. He's, he's the how the mighty have fallen. 
in that situation. All right, let's uh, let's go over uh, to the Colts side. Speaking of the mighty, the Colts Colt side. I think the Colts have a real shot at going to the Super Bowl out of the AFC, and it, it would need to take a Joe Flaccoian performance by by Mr. Carson Carson Wentz, where, where he really excels and becomes not just the game manager around Jonathan Taylor, but the guy who actually wins them games. They're going to need him to do that. I think he can. This is a former MVP guy. He's with his coach that he loves to play with, his coach who has the utmost confidence in him. Um, I think they're a contender. Contenders win games like this. So with that being said, they should be in a situation um, where this is a this is a game that both of these teams really, really need. So both of these teams are trying to prove that they're contenders. This is kind of the opposite of the Browns and Packers, right? This might that one, but might be a slow game. I have a feeling this one's going to be a really fast game. I think there's going to be points to go around on both sides. So if there's points to go around on both sides, someone's got to score them outside of Jonathan Taylor, who you're obviously uh, charging up. Don't worry about him. He's good. Um, so who on the Colts would you play in this matchup uh, to get those fantasy points? It's it's never a smogishbogs of points for the coach. They, they just spread the ball out too much. It's whoever scores a touchdown. Yeah, you're not going to start the quarterback because Jonathan Taylor is going to score all the touchdowns. Because I'm the Taylor. It's tough to trust the receivers because <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is going to score all the touchdowns. It's tough to trust the tight ends because there's multiple of them. So when it comes to the Colts, it's you smash Jonathan Taylor and then you question whether you play Michael Pittman. And Michael Pittman somehow continues to be ranked as a top 20 wide receiver by a bunch of fucking dinguses who apparently don't watch football. Um, and because shout out Tim who said, are the was it the Colts or Michael Pittman or something? But you kept saying some shit about them playing Tennessee, the Jets, and Jacksonville. And since that stretch, Michael Pittman has been inside the top 40 receivers one time. And guess what? It was a game against Houston. Yeah. This is a guy who feasts on bad competition and doesn't, doesn't show up for good competition. And that's fine. He's a young player. He'll improve. But people need to stop crowning the man. Um, so this isn't a cakewalk matchup against Arizona. I think Pittman is a wide receiver three option if you are starting, um, if you're in the playoffs here. But I'm not excited about it, and I'm not touching anyone else on the Colts besides Jonathan Taylor. But, Jason, even though the Cardinals have been a good defense overall, I think there is something to be said about the fact that they are seven, the seventh best matchup according to points over average. They give up 14.2 points over the average of the players that they play. And they give up 34.4 points a game to to wide receivers wide receivers overall. And this is going to be a, a, a matchup where there's fast. They need, it needs to be fast. I, mean, I, don't, I, think, I think you can play Michael Pittman in this game. I hear you, and that's why I said he's a wide receiver three play, but I don't see mm. how he's any different than... MVS at this point. Really? Yeah. Man, you I don't really, have really. MVS anywhere anywhere near ranked where you think yeah, he's gonna he's his ECR is like sixty because people just suck off each other and do whatever everyone says. <laughs> where you only get a straight I honestly moved up MVS a little bit after that. Do you know do you know what one of the keys was to me finishing eleventh overall two weeks ago? Uh, dust my shoulders off. As it was me adjusting rankings as I was listening to you guys during the podcast. <laughs> you guys, you guys blessed my rankings that day, and I'm doing up. the same thing right now. Uh, so hopefully, it continues to be blessed. Hey, bless um, up, bless up. Let's uh, 
which is who is a player on the Jets. Uh, anyone, anyone else in the Colts that you want to mention, Mike? No, you can't. Yeah, T.Y. Phil Fever. Else. All right, let's no go over Jimmy to the other cricket. side. <laughs> let's go over to the, other, to the next game. Excuse me. The Lions at the Falcons. Jason just had some breaking news. You want to break it, Jason? Break it, break it. What, what? Break it, um, break it, break it, break it. Well, finally, after months of silence, Jamal Williams is off the COVID list. And uh, DeAndre Swift also returned to practice. Now, DeAndre Swift is, of course, a lot more valuable, but also a lot more concerning his injury than Jamal Williams. Um, I I personally wouldn't expect DeAndre Swift to return this week. There isn't really a reason for the Lions to risk their future. But if he does play, I don't think it's going to be for nothing. So I do think DeAndre Swift is a... I mean, you're probably going to play him if he's active, right? Like, unless he's really just a game-time, like, emergency running back type player. But I'm, a, I'm a little scared that it ends up being, like, a even split among all three with Chase Reynolds playing a little better. That's my concern. Like, it's a good matchup, but Craig Reynolds, not Chase, uh, Craig Reynolds has been very good. Like, at this point, I would have just preferred if Craig Reynolds was the running back against Atlanta and you had a waiver wire gem to end the year. The Evan Royster, so to speak. Because now instead you have Jamal Williams, who who knows how much he's going to be involved. He hasn't played since week 13. When he was a lead back in week 13, he wasn't super productive. He's sucked all year, to be honest, Jamal Basically, Williams. Basically, since a, week one. He's been a Even week one, he was inefficient with his carries. He just had a bunch of them, and he had two touchdowns. Well, he so was nine for 54 week one. Oh, wait, maybe. By the way, we don't need to argue about Maybe Jamal I'm misremembering that. Yeah, but either way, like... That was the last time he was even considered good. And you have this guy, Craig Reynolds, where you, I think you should note that they got their first two wins of the season out of three games with him as the lead back. And you got a guy who's a, I'm going to bite the knees off players, a head coach. Like, what's more bitey kneesy than undrafted free agent running back comes through and from a small school comes through and, and scores touchdowns and helps you win at the end of the year? You know, there's I don't. That's a pretty good story to me. So I think I'm not playing Craig Reynolds per se, but I don't know, man. I think that Craig Reynolds has a chance to actually be in this game and be a big factor in this game, which will probably mean less stats for everyone and make it so that none of these guys are going to give you a great game. I mean, we definitely have to see because the lines are a huge question mark when it comes to Jamal DeAndre and also Jared Goff, who's on the COVID list. Because they're a team coming off of two wins in the last three games, but it's because Jared Gosson playing better. It's because Amon Ra and Josh Reynolds have stepped up while TJ Hawkinson went out. And because Craig Reynolds has been a very good running back. But if there's no Jared Goff, that of course hurts Amon Ra and Josh Reynolds, who I have as wide receiver two and three plays, respectively. Yeah. And it might change the way that the Lions. Uh, enter the game and they might use Craig Reynolds a little bit more than if Jared Goff was quarterbacking. So I think there's there's a lot of questions around the Lions, a team that at one point this season we were simply skipping over besides Swift and Hawkinson. Now mm-hmm. there's a little bit of goodness there. I just I, it's more of a wait and see approach for me. I I really hope Jared Goff, Goff plays cuz then Amon-Ra and Josh Reynolds are are good plays. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's hard to keep an eye it's on hard it. to argue that. Hamanaj has been a beast, man. This guy has thirty-five targets the last three games, and he's converting them. Especially he has twenty-six catches. Especially with Hawk out too, 
Like, those Hawk targets have not been going to the tight end position. So, I mean, it's just, it's basically been the St. Brown and Reynolds show in Detroit. And it's working. Yeah. They're winning. So that that's why, you know, when it when a team turns something around like this, and I'm not saying it's a big turnaround or anything like that, but I'm just, I'm just saying when a team does have a turnaround like this, all of a sudden you have to think they're going to continue to do what's been what's gotten them there. They're not going to go back to to what didn't work because your fantasy team wants them to. And I think that's important to note. Um, on the other side, anyone else you want to talk about on the lines? No. No. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you got the Falcons. And, you know, the Falcons are the Falcons. They, they've they found a way to take their most dynamic weapon and kind of just make him a running back, even though that's not his natural position. The way that they're using him is very odd if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective. But if you're looking at it from a real-life perspective, this could be a case where this is a team that knows that Cordero Patterson is not a, free, a spring chicken. I, I believe he's over 30 already. So he's a former wide receiver, running back. He doesn't have much tread in his legs. You could be reading into this as they're saving him for next year when they think they might have a chance because for whatever reason, they still believe in in Matt Ryan. So if they think they're going to have a chance next year and they're kind of saving Cordero Patterson, can you start him with the same gusto that you used to? Uh, I think that's the question for next week. This week, he's playing the Lions, which every single running back who plays the Lions does great. Yeah, look, Cordero had one bad game last week. It happened. Big I had two bad games, bro. He, what are you talking about? He went. I mean, it wasn't super efficient, but he had 58 rushing yards and a touchdown against Carolina. He added two catches to that. Like, he's I'm, not Christian McCaffrey, so I'm taking that every day. 60 yards, two catches, a touchdown, and that's like been his floor recently. He had a similar game against Tampa. He just didn't find the end zone. So. But the game before that against Jacksonville, he had two touchdowns and over 100 yards. I think we're seeing a pattern here. Start Cordero happily against bad teams. Yeah. Because he's been good enough against good teams. And now he gets a cake matchup against Detroit, who before their inexplicable game last week were challenging the Jets for worst rush defense according to defensive points over average. So I'm starting Patterson happily. I have him as my RB4. Patterson? Oh, wow. The RB4, that's a high one. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I have him as an RB high end RB two as well. I mean, you have to play him at this point. One guy who's been great is Russell Gage. Uh, since since taking over as the number one in his last three in his three out of his last four games, he has double digit points and high double digit points. He's been getting the targets. He's been the guy. And you know, Kyle Pitts, he made the Pro Bowl. He's having a good season for a rookie tight end, but he's not having a great one. And he he's not Bowl? doing it. Yeah. yeah, he made the Pro Bowl. I mean, he's having a good season for a rookie tight end, but the, the it's so low the the expectations. So he's not producing. This could be a game where he does produce, but if I'm going in order of guys I want to play in this game, it goes Cordero, Russell Gage, and then I'm playing Kyle Pitts. How about you guys? What I'd love to do is see how rookie tight ends perform when they see 95 plus targets. Mm. A lot of the reason why rookie tight ends don't perform is because they don't have offensive roles yet. They'll block every now and then. They'll come play. They'll come have a reception on a third down. Like TJ Hawkinson in his rookie year. Yeah. Never really are they forced into like a wide receiver one-two type role like Kyle Pitts is. So shout out Kyle Pitts. The future is bright. He's, he's been good this year. But I don't like everyone was saying he's a receiver, but now 
to show how good he's been, they want to compare him to tight ends. It's just extremely hypocritical and annoying at this point. Uh, the the key thing for me is that Kyle Pitts has been a tight end 12 or better in half of his last six games. It's been like that all year. And his ceiling isn't super high because he has one touchdown on the year. A matchup against Detroit is probably a game where you're starting Kyle Pitts. And that has less to do with him and more to do with the fact that his competitors are Cole Komet, Foster Moreau, Gerald Everett, Tyler Conklin. Like, has more to do about the position than him. So you're starting Pitts against Detroit, but I don't. he's not going to have some league-winning type game. I got I to gotta think... Because of where Kyle Pitts was going, his his uh, ADP was in the fifth round. Because of where he was going, as like opposed to what he produced and who you passed up on in the fifth round to get him, I wonder how many teams who had Kyle Pitts are not in the playoffs right now. Like I wonder, I wonder if he's one of those like if if you have a team with Kyle Pitts in the playoffs, you probably also have a guy like Cordero Patterson. You know what I mean? Like one of these guys who came out of nowhere this year and, and just blew up or or you got Cooper Cup the round before or, yeah, or something f- like that. A fifth round fringe tight end one isn't helping anyone. Yeah, it's it's insane. He was he was going around tight end four. I, I Matt just revisited one of my articles called the year of drafting Kyle Pitts too high. And, and I, I went back and I looked at some of the the things on there. And one of one of the reasons was because yo know, guys around him being drafted with like Lamar Jackson, Cooper Cup was in the same round. Like you, you really pass on a bunch of guys for Kyle Pitts. Uh, not to not to to you know dwell on that, um, but you really pass on a bunch of guys. What are you guys' thoughts on Russell Gage though? You're starting him, hundred percent. Wow, that's a that's a big turnaround from a few weeks ago where we we're just like fuck Russell Gage. But that's what happens. Like you, when you produce, you you get in there, and the Lions are a really good matchup. Top twelve for three of the last four weeks now. Would you take a dart throw on any one of these Fal- any other one of these Falcons receivers? Absolutely not. Yeah, no way. All right, let's go on to the next game then. The Rams at the Vikings is the last game. Uh, we just mentioned this man, Dalvin Cook, on the COVID list. The last game. The Ra- We're in our fourth game, Tim. What are you smoking? The Rams, and of course, the Vikings. The Big running back game. news, bro. Yowza. We don't know if it's Daryl Henderson. We don't know if it's Tony Michelle. Well, guess what, folks? Cam Akers has been designated to return from IR. Hold on. What? I was gonna up. say I was gonna say Dalvin Cook is out. What are you talking about? Oh no, we're talking about the Rams here, buddy. Yes, Dalvin Cook. That that's that's second biggest news apparently in this running back game. Holy moly. Cam Akers is designated to return, which correct me if I'm wrong, opens up a <laughs> Three-week window for the Rams to either activate him or put him on IR for the rest of the year. So I doubt they would take him off IR if there wasn't a chance of him returning. Do I expect him to return this week? No. Maybe not the week after either. Uh, That would probably be ideal for fantasy purposes. But holy moly, the Rams from... I mean, what a change this has been, right? Daryl Henderson was really good to start the year. Gets injured. Gets covid and then Sony Michelle all of a sudden is a starting back. I don't and now buy it. Cam Akers is designated to return. I could be completely wrong about this, but I don't buy this Sony Michelle stuff. I don't. It's not like he's more efficient with his carries than 
than Daryl Henderson. He's not a better pass catcher than Daryl Henderson. He's not more dynamic than Daryl Henderson. When you watch them both play, Daryl Henderson is the better player. I'm convinced that Daryl Henderson did not get the snaps last week because he was injured the week before, and then he had COVID and just didn't have he, – he missed two weeks of practice, basically, where Sonny Michelle was playing well. I'm I'm starting so I'm starting Daryl Henderson if I have the choice this week, which I do. I have I have the choice in one of my leagues. I'm starting Daryl Henderson, and I, I, I it's it's a big risk, but I think I mean, it's a risk that could pay off. That's it. I mean, I just disagree with you entirely. I'm like very confused by you right now. What right. What about last week says you should trust Daryl Henderson over Sony Michelle? The fact that he's coming off the COVID list and just missed the game with the injury. Every literally everything I just said explains your question. Man, that's very dumb. I, I I don't agree with you at all. The twins again. The well, Michael. I'm not say the Daryl twins. Henderson was back. This is not a video game. These are human beings. Yes. And when and someone, Daryl Henderson and when returned someone, and played. Yes, and he and he played a lot, considering that he is returning off the COVID list and an injury. No. I mean, just no. I highly I highly disagree. Jason, uh, I'm starting Sony Michelle as an RB two, and I'm not really trusting Daryl Henderson. I mean, if you're asking me who I'd rather start this week, it's Sony Michelle. I think, see, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't buy it. I, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think the injuries have something to do with it. You can't just say the injuries had. It's like Aaron Jones. Like, bro, Aaron Jones went through the exact same thing. He had an injury and then Except he had COVID. That's Aaron Jones. He this also is Daryl Henderson. Clearly, the backup that week he returned. Henderson was clearly the backup. I mean, Aaron Jones. Got way less carries than than AJ Dillon did. Way less for two straight weeks, and then he got his his workload back when he got healthy. I, I just I think that's think that's what's happening right here. I don't I don't why why on earth would Sony Michelle be getting more carries? He doesn't do anything better than Daryl Henderson. Doesn't do a single thing better than him. I mean, one you're like you're acting like there's a like a Aaron Jones AJ Dillon type difference between Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle. Like, I like Daryl Henderson better, too, but let's be real. They're not that far apart. I'm just using it. I'm just using it as an example. But, like, they're they're not that far apart. So, if Sony Michelle took his job, which it looks like he did, whatever. I mean, what are we going to do about it? If Trusting right, uh, Henderson I over him a, is crazy. I feel a bet going on. I got I got two separate bets for you. I bet you that Daryl Henderson touches the ball more than Sony Michelle, and I bet you that he scores more fantasy points than Sony Michelle. Yeah, I'm taking both those bets. I'll take them, too. Four. You guys are giving me four points. I dig it. Um, Game changer. Let's go over to the. Let's go over to the Rams. Uh, I mean, let's go. Let's continue to the Rams. But let's go to the pass catching options because Cooper Cup is uh, is the man. So don't worry about him. But Van Jefferson kind of disappointed. OBJ very much disappointed in the last game. Can you trust these outside weapons uh, in a matchup against the Vikings that has been very good so far? Yes, for sure. Mm. I'm firing them all up. Uh, Matt Stafford has been very efficient this year, and as such, his players have been getting valuable targets. And we all know how good Cooper Cup is. He's like doubling the competition in true target value right now. But then if we look at Van Jefferson and OBJ too, they're 18th and 20th in true target value. and a lot which, one of that, a, which one's 18th? Van. Okay. And a lot of that has to do with, this is where it's flipped, them being 4th and 7th, OBJ, Van, respectively, in adjusted average depth of target. 
So that goes, these line up perfectly. They're seeing valuable targets. And why? It's because they're both seeing valuable deep targets where Matt Stafford's actually making the throws and where they're actually catchable balls. So Matt Stafford's been a very good quarterback this year and all of them have been beneficiaries and I'm not shying away because of one down game. You need to have a short memory here in the playoffs. And just because Van and OBJ weren't amazing last week doesn't mean I'm not starting them this week. I like Van a little more than OBJ, but I agree. I think I think Same both here. of them are playable. Jason, I got a I got a hard question for you then. Van Jefferson or Tyler Huntley if Lamar Jackson doesn't play in a Superflex? Tyler Huntley. Michael? In a Superflex? Tyler Huntley for sure. All right. All right. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Um, let's go over to the Viking side then. Let's go over to the Viking side. Dalvin Cook just went on the COVID list. Another big running back. And the Vikings and the Rams very much mirror each other uh, this season. You got the Cooper Cup. Justin Jefferson matchup. You have the um, backfield situation that is in flux right now. Although Alexander Madison, Merry Christmas to anyone who drafted or got Alexander Madison. You got him because you knew Dalvin Cook is off to injured, and you know when Dalvin Cook misses games, starting out starting uh, Alexander Madison is always a great play, and it's going to be a great play in this one. The Rams are. Uh, giving up more points over average than uh, the average. Uh, so they're a positive matchup, according to uh, DPOA. And, man, I, the rest of the, the – the, the, the guys are you, – you question it. Uh, I can't – why can't I, I remember the K.J. Osborne? Uh, K.J. Osborne. Uh, why can't I remember the tight end? Tyler Conklin. I don't know why I blanked on the tight end. Pissing me off right now, Tim. Yeah, I know. Tyler Conklin. KJ Osborne. These this is like the OBJ. Van, this is like the OBJ and Van Jefferson of this squad. So it's kind of the same story, except the Rams are a much better defense than the Vikings are. So with that being said, how many of these weapons are you trusting in this playoffs? And and here's a, a another question: Are you trusting Kirk Cousins as a streamer in this in this matchup? Because that's probably where you're what you're looking at if you are street, still streaming quarterbacks at this time. Adam Thielen practiced in a limited capacity yesterday, which tells me he's going to play this week. Oh, boy. And I think that changes things all around for the Vikings. For sure. Justin Jefferson's a slam dunk play. Alexander Madison's a slam dunk play. Dalvin Cook's fourth in the league and rush attempts inside the five. So Madison will just get those. Unless I'm also, unless it becomes, sorry, unless it becomes the goal line back himself. Uh, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. <laughs> yeah, well. I think that helps things out for Kirk Cousins. He is clearly a better quarterback when his touchdown magnet, Adam Thielen, is on the field. So I do think that Kirk Cousins becomes a much more attractive streaming option in a game that has shootout potential with Adam Thielen playing. I tweeted out um, a few minutes ago, if you're asking, should I start Alexander Madison? It's a resounding yes, and you probably shouldn't have answered the question. I shouldn't have asked the question to begin with. So... Alexander Madison is a high-end RB1 at this point. Whenever Michael continues out. to be able to tweet while recording the podcast, which uh, blows my mind every time. I don't have that much uh, ability to, to spread out my attention. All right, uh, you guys want to go on to the next game in this one? Sure. Let's go on to the next game, Jaguars at Jets. Ugh. Ugh. Here's, a, here's an ugly one. This is the one. This is one of those where it's like, all right, there's so many – good matchups because these defenses suck. It should be a good game. But at the same time, like the Jets right now are lost in space. 
And I, I kind of feel bad for Zach Wilson. There's so much going on uh, around him. I, today I had some time and I watched uh, JT O'Sullivan, the, the former uh, quarterback, and he did the quarterback school. He does his quarterback school channel on YouTube, and he kind of broke down all the ways the Jets were inept in their last game against Miami and still almost won. And how and how like Zach Wilson, like, yeah, he's not playing the best, but he's a rookie quarterback. And JT O'Sullivan hated Zach Wilson out of, out of college. So he's like, yo, but you can't blame this guy. Like he he's trying his best. It's just no one's open. They're running the stupidest plays. Like there's plays that like the game, the, the play to end the game on fourth and 10 last game. They, they ran an out eight yards when you needed 10. Like you can't blame Zach Wilson for the receiver not running to the sticks. You know, you, and you can't blame. It, it, there's a bunch of stuff that happened that the Jets are just a mess everywhere. They're, they're definitely a rookie team being coached by a rookie coach or rookie offensive coordinator with a rookie quarterback. You could tell they, they need some time to gel. On the other hand, you got the Jaguars who are coming out of their own mess, have their own young rookie quarterback. that can't stop throwing interceptions. So it, it, although both defenses also suck, this could be a game where there's some fireworks. There could be a game where there's not. I think the best plays in this game are the running backs. James Robinson's my favorite play. I think obviously. And I think Michael Carter has some juice. What do you guys say? Everything you just said bad about the jets. And then I'll let Michael take over. I just need to get this point out. Everything you just said bad about the Jets, I'll add one more thing to it. Even though they've been losing all the time this year, and even though they have Mike LaFleur, young hotshot or offense coordinator, brother of Mike, Matt LaFleur, blah, 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 the Jets have run the least plays in the NFL. Yuck. Zero, the despite, the fact that despite the fact that their defense sucks too, and that's like the their real... defense sucks. They're you know always losing, they and suck they've against run the, the least plays. They suck against the run. They've, they've given up almost 600 yards in the last three games on the ground. So that's that's probably why they can't get on the field. A team as bad as the Jets and a team that runs the least plays in the league, this is a fool's gold game. I'm intrigued by Michael Carter as an RB3 option. But with Elijah Moore out, I don't, I don't know if you could trust any of the pass catching options. Michael Carter was also very much eased in last week, and Tevin Coleman played more than he did. Ty Johnson was a healthy scratch. I don't know what he did to get put into the doghouse in New York after being heavily utilized in the beginning half of the season. But yeah, it's not something I want to trust. I know it's a great matchup against Jacksonville, but trusting Michael Carter is anything more than a questionable flex play is... um is a bit much for me. Like, I'd, I'd stick him in my flex if I need to. Um, but, like, you just said it's a Jets offense. Like Jason pointed out, it's run the least amount of plays in the league. Has not done much this season. I mean, so, yeah, I don't I don't see anyone really being intriguing at all on the Jets side, even in a great matchup. I guess Michael Carter would be the one, but aye, aye, aye. I mean, there's no there's no talent around him right now. You're talking about Keelan Cole. You're talking about Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims, what a bust! Like someone said, like if you could put like what spit out the perfect receiver in a computer, you got six two, two hundred twenty pounds, runs a four three. Like this, this is the perfect receiver. Yet he can't he can't do anything. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> let's go over to the Jaguar side because James Robinson's one of my favorite plays. The Jets always give up some big ones. And, you know, Marvin Jones hasn't been unusable uh, in in, the, in a couple of the last few weeks like he's had here in their games. But, again, like on the Jaguar side, I'm, I'm not really trusting anybody. 
I think Jameson Crowder, there's something to be said about Jameson Crowder. But, I mean, with Zach Wilson, he doesn't even, like, really mesh. Look, I'm, I, I think it's just the running backs in this game. Yeah, obviously starting James Robinson. Um, he's in a smash spot here against the Jets. I'm playing against him in our home league semifinals matchup, which is not ideal. Um, but I actually wrote up a, a sleeper's bust. I was in a sleeper's uh, bust piece for Fantasy Pros that came out like an hour ago. And my sleeper for someone outside the top 100 flex options was uh, Laquan Treadwell. Um, four straight weeks of at least four receptions and 53 receiving yards. That means he's been no worse than wide receiver 44 during this stretch. Um, he hasn't been tremendous, but that's wide receiver three flex territory. He played nearly every snap last week, 97% of snaps, nine targets in the first game post Urban Meyer. Um, the Jets, as we know, suck. They're 12th overall in uh, points allowed over average to opposing wide receivers. I think uh, Laquan Treadwell has some has some appeal here. It's, it's interesting. That's that's the guy, I guess. If, if you're going to have any guy, it's going to be Treadwell. That's one of the guys where you're like, all right, now that Urban Meyer's gone, he's not going to get any more work. And then he ended up getting work last week. So pretty pretty good bet that he'll get work again this week. Um, if you're desperate, do you consider streaming either of these quarterbacks against in a, in what looks like a great matchup? Absolutely not. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next game. The Giants at the Eagles. Miles Sanders is questionable, but two straight games with over 20 touches, two straight games with over 16 fantasy points, and two good matchups to end the season, the Giants and Washington. If he can get this quad together, if he can get it right, Miles Sanders might be one of those guys where it's like, oh, he worked his way onto my bench, and then all of a sudden, when I needed him to pop, he's popping. And right now, he's popping. And I would play, I would play Miles Sanders comfortably as an RB2 right now. I feel like He's getting enough work to make me feel like it's it's solid. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly better than um, how it was in the beginning of the year, of course. And Miles Sanders is having some stringing together some good performances currently. Um, but he did still lose a lot of touches to Jordan Howard. And he did leave the game a little bit for an injury. He was a estimated DNP on Wednesday, so they didn't actually practice, but that's something to keep an eye on. But like you said, back-to-back games where he got the lion's share of the touches, um, he didn't even find the end zone this past week, and he still put up um, over 15 half PPR fantasy points. Great matchup here against the Giants, who are most beatable, according to points over average, on the ground. Um, but yeah, 18 rush attempts, and then Jordan Howard getting 15 is super annoying. But I do think Miles Sanders would at least be a mid to low end RB2 as long as uh everything checks out on the uh the health side of it. And Jordan Howard maybe like a low end desperation flex type play because if you get 15 carries against the Giants, you could maybe end up with 70 yards and a touchdown or so. The only thing I'll push back on is that Miles Sanders is the new Jacoby Myers. He does not have a touchdown on the season. True that. He has double almost double as many touches as the next closest person of touches without a touchdown. Um everything tells you that uh, things are likely to help. Uh, he'll find the end zone, but I don't think that's the case. Jalen Hurts has 13 rushing attempts inside the five this year. The next closest quarterback is Ryan Tannehill with seven, but even all position players, he's top 10 in red zone inside the five rushing attempts. And Jalen Hurts just continues to be great before that reason. Jalen Hurts has 11 QB one weeks. The next closest is nine. That means that if Jalen Hurts did not play the next two weeks, he would still end the year with the most QB1 finishes without playing three games. 
the next two, and the one that he was injured. Like, that's how good he's been. So I know this was a Miles Sanders thing, but the point here is start Jalen Hurts happily, but also weigh your options if you have Miles Sanders. He's been a good player. He does get a lot of touches, but his upside is limited because you'll be lucky if he finds the end zone once. Anything more what about than that these? would be a cherry on top. You got to feel good about at least at least the fact that, yes, Jordan Howard got 15 touches, but I'm not complaining about 20 touches. Like, he's getting 20 touches. I'm, I'm playing him, especially against the Giants who suck and are going to continue to suck. And True. so I'm, I'm playing him. And well, can you play any of these outside options? Uh, Devontae Smith, even though Jalen Hurts at 300-yard passing, didn't do great. Dallas Goddard, I think, at this point is a must-start. But with that being said, like, can you trust any of these wide receiver options? Devontae Smith has kind of been uh, trash to do lately. He's been very trash. Very in trash. A, in a, yeah. And he was one of my guys where I was stock up on him like six weeks ago when I was like, look at this great string of games coming up. And he had just come off two games where he was super involved and scored a lot of points. It's like, oh, man, this is the breakout. And then he's really, really fell back. I know a lot of that has to do with the offense, and they've become such more of a run-centric offense. But, I mean, you got to love the talent, Devontae Smith. Every time he he catches the ball, it seems like it's a highlight catch. But you can't play him right now with any confidence. Yeah. I mean, this is I, – I wasn't surprised by this dip. I, I thought Devontae Smith was a good sell high. He wasn't seeing more than six targets a game. He was getting uh, touchdowns that were buoying him. From Jalen Hurts, who's a low true throw value quarterback in a run first offense. And I mean that's it's it's come crashing down since week ten. Eight point one, three point two, two point five, and five point five. This may end up being another bad game script for Devontae Smith if they go ahead early and keep running the ball another forty plus times. They're running the ball over hundred seventy five yards a game at this point, um, over the last several weeks. So that's just what their offense is right now and uh it's very hard to trust any of the pass catchers outside Dallas Goddard, who really has a uh, has taken a step up over these past couple of weeks. Everyone who thought maybe it was just Gardner Minshew, Dallas Goddard was like, "No, nah, I got you. I could do it with Jalen Hurts too." And maybe like a, it's it's been two games of him having this like breakout when before and last season he wasn't putting up these big type of numbers. But man, if you have Dallas Goddard, you got to be hyped about it because it's coming at the perfect time and uh. Can't argue with the uh, the Giants and Washington over the next two weeks either as Dallas Goddard as a must-start tight end one. Let's go over to the Giants side. Um, uh, do we have to? Giants side, to? how about no? I mean, the, the one of the, my favorite plays in this game and is the Philly defense. If you picked up the Philly defense when I told you to, congratulations. You, you got yourself a very solid defense um, coming into the last two games. I'm starting the Philly defense everywhere that I can. Um, the Giants – they haven't. They've declined to name a starter as of right now. Um, it's either going to be Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm. So you're not getting a great quarterback either way. I read an article on Deadspin today. Well, not. I didn't read it. I, I saw the headline Deadspin, of an article Deadspin today. Deadspin is still like operating. Deadspin has become like a uh, like the the what what's like a super like a very super left wing sports source where they're like really sensitive about social issues and all this stuff. But anyway, uh, so that's where their, their, that's where their bread and basket is, which is probably why bread we don't really, cause we don't really do bread politics and, and sports together. But with that being said, um, they wrote an article that says, is Saquon Barkley becoming David Johnson in front of our eyes? And it was interesting 
to to ponder. I didn't read the article because I don't read Deadspin, but it's it was an interesting question to ponder. You're gonna play him in this game. You're not gonna be happy because it's it's a bad matchup against a Philly defense that's been very very good. Uh, Philadelphia is the twenty uh, fourth best matchup against a running back according to points over average. They give up ten percent less points to the running back than they usually get um, versus everyone else. So. The question for you guys is Giants, yay or nay? Nay. Dude, <sighs> everyone, if you take a shot on anyone, it's an upside shot, right? So you have Saquon Barkley, who, if we're being honest, hasn't even looked better than Devontae Booker this year, has not rushed for more than 64 yards in a game, but is seeing three to six catches a game. So he has a floor in half PPR, PPR, where you can trust him as a RB2 flex play. And then you go to the other side, the wide receivers, where Kenny Galladay leads the league in the Broto-exclusive stat adjusted average depth of target. So average depth of target for catchable balls. It's just that Kenny Galladay looks like he cashed out on a lie, a lie built by Matt Stafford, because Galladay looks like he cannot make anything happen unless he's wide open and he's getting a perfect ball. And that's how he's looked all year. So you barely want to trust Kenny Galladay. The Definitely only not. person I'm like kind of excited about trusting, and I know this might backfire. Oh no! And Kadarius, it's crazy, but Kadarius Tony, get the fuck out of here, bro. If you're Kadarius. in a league where you suffer from COVID, and you need to pick up a player off the waiver wire, and you need to trust a random dude, are you trusting Brian Edwards, Nico Collins, Brashad Perriman, Nelson Aguilar? Are you going with Kadarius Tony, who could house a screen play, a, a screen on any play, and has the potential to just enter the lineup and get twelve targets in this weird ass offense? Rashad Perriman's on the COVID list, just so you know. But whatever, I just I just named Rashad a bunch of people. Rashad Perriman. Where I don't even think around, you said Rashad Perriman. I did. Where yeah, he's did. around expert consensus because he's like ranked eightieth or some well, shit. I mean, like Nico that. Collins. If Brandon Cooks is out, maybe I'd go him over. I don't hate Tony as the as a dart throw play, but the Giants I, are despicable all around. I think my my favorite play in this game for the Giants side is Evan Ingram, because the Eagles have been never, horrible against the tight end. Ingram is, it's not never. It's Evan Ingram's been shady. Ingram. Okay, never Ingram. Shady, you have a very low standard for shady. Okay. Yes, I do because it's the tight end position. He hasn't and. He's playing against the Tim, Eagles. He who has are one the third best batch for tight ends. He has one double digit performance the entire season. He has 375 receiving yards and two touchdowns. It's week 16. Yeah, I know, but those, those okay. are all coming like, yeah, because those are all coming like the past five weeks. No, let me get his let me get his entire line up for you. He has not scored a single touchdown in the last five weeks. Talking out of your ass, get out of here. You, you, I mean, it's is it great? No, is it great? No, but he put up eight against Miami, and this is a great uh, matchup. Uh, Still, eight. He's, they're giving up the most points to tight ends, and they're giving up 45.9% over average. He went average. three for 37 last time I played Philly. It's probably going to be Jake Fromm at QB. Like, get out of here, man. You want to make Mike, a bet Michael. about fucking Evan Ingram? Where, where, where you want it? I don't, you're line? the one talking about Evan Ingram being a good play this week, so what do you want? I didn't say he's a good play. I said he's my favorite of the Giants, which is low low praise. But I, I, let's let's call it a tight end two or better. Tight end two or better. So he could be tight end 20 with three catches for 18 yards and you win the bet. What are you, stupid? I'm not doing that. <laughs> tight end 16 or better. 
Fine. I'll do 16. Oh, aye, you four f- four spots. One more catch, baby. Let's go. Let's go, Evan. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's go over to the second to last game on the on the Dakot. Uh, the Bills at the Patriots in a very important matchup to lead the AFC East. Ramondre Stevenson has an illness that may keep him out. Uh, the other running back, um, Damian Harris, there it is, hasn't been practicing either. So we might be in a game where Brandon Bolden gets a bunch of the carries. But the problem is that the Bills are very stout against the run last time. It looks like on paper that the Patriots had a good running game against the bills. Uh, you should know, and you should remember though, that that was a crazy weather game and the Patriots passed a total of three times. So while the, no- the final numbers look good, the Patriots just ran every play and that's why they did anything. The bills are still an amazing run defense. How do you feel about this Patriots running game? I um, look. I know it was in a monsoon last time, but I kind of expect a similar attack. The Bills are a very no. good pass defense, although once Tre'Davious White went that, I mean it's a big loss. But I know they're also a good run defense. But still the Patriots great, are not a team that are going to beat the Bills through the air. That's not how they beat the Bills. They're going to beat the Bills by playing defense and by running the ball. And Mac Jones isn't going to throw it three times. But honestly, I might bet that his attempts might be closer to three than 30. I could see this as a, man, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but I could see this as like a 20 attempt game for Mac Jones, which means you don't really want to trust. I mean, Kendrick Bourne's on the COVID IR list. You don't want to trust Aguilar or Myers. Hunter Henry, we loved as a play last week in a great matchup. This In this matchup, he's a either zero points or hope he catches a touchdown type of guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the only people you can trust are the running backs. And even then, it's like, who? <laughs> who are the running backs that you want to trust? Is it Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Brandon Bolden? Every time it looks like someone's pulling away, just the rug is fucking pulled back out. And it's back to square one. So, I don't know, Michael, who are you starting out of those three? I was going to say, every Patriots play that you are that you have, a, a Patriot could score. Like, we're not over here saying don't fade the entire Patriots because Patriots are, are a good team. They're going to find a way to score. They're going to find a way to be in the game against the Bills. But with that being said, who's going to score? That's a great question. And how they're going to score, another great question. And every person that you play on the Patriots, every single one is going to be a person that could torpedo your team. That could absolutely bomb it from the from the ground. You can get a zero from them. And none have legitimate, like, crazy upside either. I think the running backs, whoever starts, does. Yeah, because they kind of have some. Yeah, you're they right. kind of vulture each other. I mean, maybe if it's only Ramondre Stevenson in that backfield, but he'd have to rush for a couple touchdowns because Brandon Bolden just played the entire second half, basically, once they got into comeback mode last week against Indy. So, I mean... I don't know, man. I, I, I wouldn't really want to have to trust any New England Patriots this week against Buffalo. Now, Kendrick Bourne is on the COVID list, too. Like, if he doesn't return, are you going to trust Nelson Aguilar semifinals week? I know I'm not. And now, look, Nelson Aguilar all, isn't practicing with a concussion. It's like, who's going to be left? Jacoby Myers and Hunter Henry. Maybe Hunter Henry is someone you could look at, even though it's a very difficult matchup against Buffalo. Um he just had a huge game against Indy, and he would be one of basically only two pass catchers that have been active with um, Mac Jones the entire season. Same goes for Jacoby Myers. Maybe he sees 10-plus targets, but we know he's allergic to the end zone. 
Like, I think maybe Henry has some tight end appeal, and maybe Myers is like a flex play. But Harris or, Harris would be more of a low-end RB2 in my book. Stevenson, somewhere around RB20 if Harris were to be out. I don't. I just obviously you can't start Mac Jones. It's just a whole lot of low upside in my opinion across this entire squad. I think Brandon Bolden, if he plays and he has no one in front of him, also well, let's go over what to do the. You mean it's not going to be no Stevenson and no Damien Harris. That that's what it might be. It might be that Stevenson I mean, has an Stevenson illness. Has he's a, not hurt. Yeah, he's out with an illness. Like I don't know, and it's not what? COVID related. All right, so you act like someone can have a stomach virus and not play. Like it's it it's, happened to Lamar, but it's Thursday. This stomach virus is going to last till Sunday. We'll see. It happened to Lamar Jackson. We we already played this game. It's it's a it's a long shot, but it could happen. Um, on the other side, the Patriots defense has been amazing. Uh, third, amazing. The, the listen to these like it's it's a it's been amazing. Dead last matchup, which means the worst matchup for quarterbacks. They're only allowing twelve point five points to quarterbacks a game. That's ridiculous. They're only allowing twenty three point five points to to uh to wide receivers that's 21 percent lower than they score that's 30th to the tight end they're giving up almost 50 percent less points over average that's the 31st best matchup and the running backs they're giving up under points they're the 21st best matchup so they're the last third of the league as well patriots defense has been hard to score on and you have a bills team that's kind of desperate uh i i do think that Josh Allen's going to be asked to do a lot in this game, and because he's asked to do a lot, he's going to score a lot of fantasy points. Who is on the other end of those fantasy points? Jason, why don't we start with you? It's tough, man. Um, the Patriots haven't allowed a wide receiver one performance in a very long time. I don't remember the exact amount of weeks, but it's been a while. And they are good at limiting the other players, the other team's best players, and that is Stephon Diggs here. Um, so it's going to be hard to know if Diggs is that person capable of, and he's definitely capable of breaking through the New England defense, but is he likely to happen? It's been a kind of down year for Diggs all in all. Um, so not having a great game this week would kind of jive with how a season's been going. Yeah, I said jive. Um, and then if you look at their other options, Cole Beasley, the safety blanket, is is not going to play, I'm assuming, because... He's on the COVID list and he's clearly unvaccinated. All you have to do. Are, is are you sure? Are you sure Cole Beasley is unvaccinated? I don't think he told. Yeah. I don't think he's ever mentioned it. Well, all you have to do is, um, I don't even know the, the propaganda galore there. So you know he's unvaccinated. <laughs> so the question is, do you trust Gabriel Davis, who's really turned up? Is it going to be a Dawson Knox type game? Josh Allen's good enough to carry the squad against New England. It just might be on his legs. Gabriel Davis, I think, has some flex appeal, but a New England matchup isn't the greatest matchup. Against New England, he caught a touchdown the last time out, but that was on four targets. He's seen seven and eight targets the last two games, so you're really banking on a touchdown if you want Gabriel Davis to pay off. I think this is more of a Josh Allen, Dawson Knox type game. I don't think Gabriel Davis is as good of a play as he's been in the last few weeks. I'm playing Josh Allen. I do agree playing Stefan Diggs. Playing Dawson Knox. It's not an ideal semifinals matchup for guys who are relying on Buffalo Bills players. No, this this I has think Devin Brian Singletary has some sneaky RB two appeal ever since yeah. he's just completely taken over that backfield. See if they uh, run the ball a bit and if they uh, use him in the passing game because he's shown that he could be used there as well. So if he gets twenty plus touches, he could certainly work his way into RB two territory. It scares me because this seems to be an evolving backfield. This seems to be like a backfield that. 
They'll give Matt Breida the most touches if they well, deem it. Well, not the it. last two weeks. The last two weeks, it's been only Devin Singletary. Yeah, but that also has to do with the matchups. Like, the Patriots are not great. They're not bad, but they're not great. Right in the middle of the league, according to points over average, at stopping the receiving running back. That's kind of Matt Breida's thing. Not so last I, I, week. Yeah, not last week. But what I'm saying is the Bills... If or you looked at or like if you looked at last if you looked at the last two weeks for the Bills every week you'd have a new starting running back every three weeks. No. At, at, there was a time where Zach Moss Devin is definitely Singletary. taking over this backfield, and then there was another time where Matt Breida is definitely taking over this backfield, and now we're at the Devin Singletary is definitely taking over this backfield. I just don't think you could. It's that is simple. I don't think it's that simple. It's a I dangerous mean, game, folks. But Singletary has been always at least one of the two main guys in that offense like it's never been him on the outside looking in let's not act like the bills are a run first team though i know i'm just saying he may end up as a rb2 play this week or a decent flex play is all i'm saying <sighs> yeah so that's it i made a mistake that's our bet that's our last one that's it mike where yeah. can they find you i brought off of mike jason at BrotoFF Jason. I am, I was about to say Tim. Uh, I am at BrotoFF Tim, and you can find Casanova at BrotoFF Casanova. You see, we did there. <laughs> Branding so good. Uh, at Broto Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and at TikiTaki. And BrotoFantasy.com is a hub for all things Broto. And don't forget to download the Fantasy Football by Broto app. We just passed another milestone today. We're not revealing the milestones because we don't do that. We're not like, oh, we have this many blues. We don't care about any of that. What we want you to know is we passed another milestone today, and we're really excited about it. And if you'd like to help us keep passing milestones, uh, then please, please, please download the Fantasy Football by Broto app. That being said, Tim, we will see you in. You forgot to mention. Oh, my God. Here we go again. Brick killed the guy. <laughs> Later. Later. Later.